Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is June 30th, 2021. It is the Fightful Post AEW Dynamite show on a wednesday on a wednesday we work wednesday nights still that's a thing oh my gosh well i mean obviously the the fightful schedule will stay as is uh some of the hosts may revolve here and there because uh, me and jeremy got to do some traveling this year for this business as he likes to say but uh we're here it's wednesday night it's our first wednesday in ages I am very interested to see what this does to the AEW number because now they are supposedly set for Wednesdays every single week, uh, live every single week with fans every single week. And so will we. Uh, Please leave a thumbs up. Please subscribe and send in your super chat to get your question or statement right on the air. By the way, we did a a show today, uh, Jeremy and I, we called it the Fightful journalist podcast make sure you put the journalists in quotations where we answered only super chats for a solid hour uh that will get your question or statement read on the air and hey if you want to get more in i do a q a show on fightful select each week i'll tell you more about that later right now i've got an alex paulowski who um was doubtful for this show (laughs) i'm told it's just a bone bruise he's fine yeah um uh yeah late last night i was i was just i was i was holding an old teddy bear and rocking myself to sleep because i was in a bad place i thought my poor sweet boy my was done for all of next season and now they're saying he's doubtful for game five he's doubtful for tomorrow <laughs> that's how much of a bionic boy my boy is so 
I'll I'll take doubtful. I'll be fine with that. Uh, but but tonight we got a hell of an episode of Dynamite. So let's talk. We about did. That. We did. We got Robert D. Felice here. You can see him writing nonstop. Uh, you'll see him even more over this summer because yeah. uh, he'll be filling in for some SmackDown shows this Friday, right? Yep, this Friday. And I'm so excited to follow up WWE Dynamite with WWE SmackDown. <laughs> uh, well, I'd like to welcome you guys to the Wrestling Inc. I mean, the Fightful podcast. <laughs> uh, I greatly appreciate you guys joining us and that is the talk sadly that is the talk emanating from this show is um rafael garcia so tony khan gonna give jr the old yeller treatment back my god rafael i mean rafael in his downtime chokes humans unconscious like as a hobby so for him uh no big deal no big deal you gotta you gotta put the old old ones out uh, Valab says, damn it, JR, WWE Dynamite. So we're going to get to not even the main event, but the very last segment. But Jim Ross went off the air by saying WWE Dynamite. And I tried to rewind it, but they went a little bit over. So I couldn't yeah. on my YouTube TV. Yeah. And I was like, I did, surely I didn't hear that. Well, oh, I logged yeah. on to Twitter. I very much <laughs> heard that. Yeah. God, that was just an immediate. Oh, what a beautiful video package. I'm kind of. In my feels, because Brody and oh, there's nothing in the world like a live WWE Dynamite off the air. Oh no! And Aaron says he's excited oh. for WWE Dynamite. Honestly, bet it'd be a really good show if AEW booked <laughs> WWE wrestlers. It would be fantastic. I'd be very excited to see that show. I'd I'd watch that. Oh man, uh, let's go ahead and talk about this show. But first, I want to let you guys know FightfulMag.com. You know what? It, it kind of fits. I'm not even going to say it. it. It doesn't fit. We've got uh, headlining this, Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. The dream match is, is the cover of Fightful Magazine this month. We've got Aaron Stevens making his uh, writing debut, not this month, rather, but the July-August issue. Robert DeFelice, you wrote a piece, Revisiting SummerSlam 1988. We have an article on Wrestling's Happy Accidents, Taylor Hendricks, looks at um, uh, Tamina's long journey to get on top in WWE. We have part three of our interview with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, Jimmy Van tells the story about how he got a cameo from Roman Reigns just to troll me. (sighs) There's so much stuff. Fightfulmag.com, physical and digital editions. Check it out now. But we have wwe dynamite to dive into chris jericho comes out he's joining commentary how did you think he did tonight alex i a lot of people early on thought he was more subdued i wonder if that has to do with the face turn but it's still like when jericho does put something over or somebody over it does carry a little bit of weight with me like oh. i hear it and i'm like oh that's cool sure i mean yeah i i think it's i think there's too many guys on commentary as it is I think I think Excalibur and Shivani is a pretty good two man booth. Yeah, uh, as evidenced yeah. by 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 Jr's gaff at the end, um, and Jericho when he's out there is just he he he's like all right, Jungle Boy getting to fifty and O. Well, I don't know if he's an O, but he's fifty. Like yeah. like you have to do all like it's just so over the top. There was that thing we'll talk about with with the coffin spot, Darby Allen, and Darby Allen is obviously in the coffin. 
And then he jumps out of the coffin. And three seconds later, Jericho goes, he's in there. Like it's, he's just, I think it's atrocious on commentary. I kind of hate it. So that's just me. I'm sure a lot of people loved it, but I, I'm, I'm not feeling the Jericho, any of the Jericho stuff right now. I think it was a lot better when it was the start of a pandemic and we were all just in need of smiles and laughter. I don't need it anymore. Well, we kicked off this show, uh, as we reported on Fightful, uh, Eddie Kingston and Pentagon defeated Young Bucks, uh, which uh, got them a tag team title shot. Now, this doesn't happen much. Th- like, champions losing in AEW does not happen much. So as long as it doesn't become a habit, I'm okay with it. Lots of shenanigans. Uh, I'm not going to go in hard on gang wars, but there were plenty of gang wars tonight. And every time I tweet about it, here's what happens. Somebody will send me a tweet and says, yeah, but it made sense here. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Like, I I get it. I just don't want to lean on it. I don't want to lean on it. I don't want it to be a crutch. But this match was so much fun. There was a spot in the middle of this match, Robert, where it very much looked like Pentagon got, or Penta got the pin. Yeah. Uh, and the crowd chanted, that was three. And whether it was intentional, unintentional, a gaff on Matt Jackson, a gaff on Rick Knox, it doesn't matter because the crowd ate it up. And Matt Jackson, oh boy, did he play this up. That was spot of the match to me, Robert. Uh, Were you sold a ticket on that one? I was sold a ticket. I would have preferred that ending over the Brandon Cutler doesn't know how to, how spray cans work. He just keeps spraying the damn things in the eyes of Matt Jackson. And I just, that was too much for me. That was too comedy. That was too BTE. It reminded me of a scene from Grandma's Boy, which I won't explain, but it just seemed like he didn't know how to stop. And I just don't explain it. Uh, there was also, we got to talk about the mustaches. Yeah. We got to talk about the mustaches. Anthony Green moves on fast. He went from loser leaves town 205 live match to to filling in for Nick Jackson tonight, apparently. He looked like Anthony freaking Green. Yeah. Um, Boy. I, like I, that, that. Go ahead. I loved it. It adds so much to, to their heel characters, these ridic- the ridiculous mustaches. With the headbands and the long hair and the jackets, they look okay. like they're, they're really bad FBI agents or like narcs trying to infiltrate a gang of hippies in 1975. I think it's, I think it's really hilarious. So <laughs> Kenny also had facial hair later in the night. Okay, so <laughs> there's no way it shoot facial hair, but it <laughs> looks good. It looks very realistic, I guess. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> it yeah. looked very natural, all things considered. It didn't look like they glued it on, you know what I mean? Uh, Kenny geez. looking like Lemmy from Motorhead, I could have done without, but Nick Jackson had to be the okay. worst. I want to address something. This was not a super chat, and this I'm not going to get in the habit of answering questions that are going to be super chats, but... Here's where context is important, as I applied it earlier. Somebody said, SRS, don't you hate it when you beat the champs to get a shot at the champs? Is this different in your opinion? Yes. You know why? Because it isn't happening every single week. And it's not happening two to three times every single week. To my knowledge, 
This is the first time it's ever happened in the two-year history of AEW. Like, they do these all the time. The match, a tag yes. team eliminator match, If I, unless I am mistaken, is the champs face one of their top contenders. If, one, if that top contender team pins the champs, then they get a title match. That is, that is the stipulation of the match, not, oh, well, you got to think that now they, they might be in line for a title opportunity, says Michael Cole. Is very different than the inherent stipulation of the match is if this happens, that's that's the result. And because this they've tried this a bunch of times, and every time the champs have won, eventually the challengers are gonna be due. And tonight, that was it, that was how it happened. So I'm fine with it. Now, here's where I would like the gang wars to really come in and add long term. I don't think Eddie Kingston should like ever get outsmarted. Like one of the things I loved about road warriors, Legion of doom, they always protected themselves. They would be like, well, we're not the most cerebral team, but we're street smart. You're not going to outsmart us like that. You can't pull one over on Eddie Kingston, who apparently has gotten away with murder in Canon on this show. Like that's, that's a, that's a thing. So I, I love that this didn't work on him. The gang wars didn't work on him. He like he thwarted it all. I would love to see that continue. Like nobody can get one over on him. Speaking of getting one over on people, Nikolai says, from Eddie with the Dudley spot to the amazing main event, great show tonight. Uh, Bobo, we were talking about on on the fightful journalist show today. We think Bully's trying to work himself into a program and let me it's let me tell you for him before uh, yeah. I'll just say this based on what I told you Alex he ain't in line for Eddie Kingston like <laughs> he he that, that that's not that's not the plan right now like nope. that's not what's being that's Eddie Kingston is a prized possession in AEW and I'm not saying that Bully Ray couldn't be wouldn't be anything Bully Ray did way more than so many people thought that he was going to do and he shoved it up their ass mm-hmm. But I thought this, Robert, was a great, like, poke, poke, poke. Yeah, I, I don't very much care for old guy, uh, not old guy per se, but, like, retired wrestler says thing about modern wrestler to try to work themselves into a spot. It, it is what it is. Eddie said what he said. He clarified what he said. Bubba Ray saying, hey, stay in your lane when you come from a promotion who legitimately made a habit of poking the bear with the other guys is the most hypocritical thing ever, but it is what it is. It's wrestling. And I had people say, well, Sean, of course you like it. It gets you clicks. It gets you clicks. Get you all the clicks. Well, I hate to tell you guys, I don't make a dime more off of clicks than, than anything. I just like it because it's harmless and it's fun. I grew up when WCW had their producer put together a highlight reel of people who left them for WWF getting beaten up and say, this is where the big boys play. And I couldn't tune in at at 7.57 without Eric Bischoff being like, yeah, Bob Holly's going to lose to Fatu this week. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to watch that. So thanks, Eric. And then you got fake Hulk Hogan and fake Randy Savage and fake Ted Turner. I loved it. It was so stupid and ridiculous and people driving Jeeps up and Eric Bischoff challenging Vince McMahon to fist fights and like 
Rena Mero in the middle of a lawsuit popping up first row at Nitro. Like, I love that stuff. And we're not even getting into ECW, where Bully Ray came from, where Steve Austin was there wearing a Hulk Hogan shirt, pulling it off, doing Monday NyQuil. The, the Blue World Order happened and got over there. So, I mean, like, this stuff is so harmless. So harmless. Let people love it. Luis yeah. Hernandez says, right in the aforementioned huevos. <laughs> he speaks more Spanish than uh, Sammy does. Good for him. Uh, so, yeah, I thought a good match. There you go. We get Tony Schiavone in the ring asking all ego Ethan Page why he challenged Darby Allen to a coffin match. And Page says he wants to kill <laughs> Darby Allen. And I believe that the character, Ethan Page, Alex, wants to kill Darby because we have not seen... It's not been like, well, I'm going to poke him in the ribs with a chair. It's, no, I'm going to throw him down the stairs. I believe everything that Ethan Page says. Unfortunately for Ethan Page, Sammy, or uh, Darby, rather, comes out with Sting, grabs him with his, his long nails, gouges his eyes, and then Page goes, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this next week. We'll do it maybe at Fighter Fest. Oh, man. I like this. This was simple. It was easy. What would you think, Alex? Um, uh, I, I thought the promo was great. Uh, I thought that, that Ethan might have made a, a, a very uh, in, slight strategic error in thinking, I'm going to put you in a coffin, Darby, and that's going to mess with your mind. You're going you're gonna to lose it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to damage your brain. I'm pretty sure Darby Allen sleeps in a coffin. I'm pretty sure that's just like his bed. Be, and, and to prove that... I feel like comes, a car bed, but it's a coffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like a race car bed, but it's a coffin. And, and to prove it, out comes Sting dragging a coffin on wheels, and, and out pops Darby, because Darby was taking a nap, and then his dad brought him to work, and that's that's what happens. So the idea that um, I'm going to put you in a coffin, and then every time you even think of taking a coffin drop, you're going to think of me, and it's going to mess with your mind. Well, I don't know if the, Darby doesn't seem like the type of guy who'd be who'd be threatened by put, being put in a coffin. Um, but do I want to watch this match? Yes, because I I want to see like how far. Um, uh, Page can yeet Darby Allen yes. into a coffin. Can he throw him into a coffin for distance? That's what I need to see. Options yours says, can anything beat watching the Wrestling Observer live post-show review? That's a great question, Dave. How do you feel about it? <laughs> uh, Robert, what do you think about this? It's great. Everything they do is a lot of fun. Darby having the long nails is good for his character. Sting has been great in this role as just like, I'm gonna hitch my wagon to this little kid and he's great and he's got face paint like me and he makes me cool. I'm going to drag around his coffin. I loved every minute of this. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really good stuff. Uh, we had jungle boy defeating Jack Evans backstage. We have Christian cage telling jungle boy. He did great. He's really coaching up jungle boy and Luchasaurus pops up and thanks cage for having jungle boys back while he was gone. And then I don't know what, what species of dinosaur Christian Cage said some of his family was, but 
it was so stupid and ridiculous. And I was like, that was cute. Like that was good. Cause, cause Luchasaurus followed him. He's like, well, so, you know, my really? uncle, my uncle Larry, you said he was a quarter triceratops. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I was like, yeah. all right. Like that's so stupid, but again, harmless. I loved it. Uh, Jack Evans, jungle boy, Jack Evans got me. I don't want to say an independent wrestling, but ring of honor. I didn't see ring of honor until the scramble cage. So I love seeing him in this spot. There were a few spots where it was a little too like choreographed for my own good for, for like for my taste. And you could tell they slipped a little bit, but jungle boy gets the win, goes through a commercial break. That's just how AEW matches are. Uh, That's pretty well how it is. Uh, Jungle boy gets the win with the snare trap. He gets the 50th win of his AEW career. Robert, this is a first for anybody in AEW. And the reality of the situation is they're going to have to have this guy wrestle at every single taping because singing that song is a, an attraction for, for the audience. So like, you got to have a reason to hit that music. It is. I do put the volume up every time he comes out. It also says how much they believe in him. And he's been in the ring with Jericho. He's been in the ring with Kenny. He's going to be one of their homegrown guys. I thought this match was too short, and especially with 75% of it going through a commercial, I'm tired of picture-in-picture, even if it is restaurant quality. I saw, uh, I think it was Voices of Wrestling, and they they echoed a point they made in the past that they should have a match in during picture-in-picture. Are are you of that? And that's to say, hey, it can happen, Alex. Are you of that belief? I think it depends on what match it is, but I think think you could... You could certainly uh, make that argument that it might be one of those things like, well, now you have to watch. I mean, when they come back from the break, they're just going to show you how it ended anyway, and you're going to see it. So it's not like you're going to miss something, um, but it might be one of those things like, oh, well, now I'm going to have to watch because I I want to see that happen live. Um, I think that's an interesting point. I don't know if you need to do it, but they are relying a lot on the picture-in-picture thing, especially where it's like, hey, we just started this match. We're going to picture-in-picture, and then you go back – from you come back from the break and two minutes later, the match is over like three quarters of the match happened during picture picture. I don't think that's great. Uh, guys, leave a thumbs up on this video, get your super chats in and get your question or statement read on the air. We got gang wars after this, the Hardy family, uh, the Hardy family comes out. So does Christian cage, you know, the drill. This is the one they could have done without. This is the one they could have done completely without. Uh, intangible one says Hardy stables becoming NWO. He's got like three teams under him. Plus bunny. Now I think TH two is still on the like $5,400 agreement or something. Like there was a bounty that, that Hardy put out, but uh, yeah. Uh, Adam M says, take out the Matt Hardy gang wars. And I thought this was an excellent episode of dynamite. Uh, JR though, SMH, give me Tom Phillips in that spot. I think they've got enough great commentators. They don't got to bring anybody else in, but uh, yeah, this, this was when the reason why I complained about that spot so much is stuff like this, that didn't really need it. Like this didn't need it. No, that's the thing. It, it didn't, it didn't need it, but the, 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 you, I feel like there, there's two things that happen. There's, there's the gang wars and then there's the furthering of the of the very specific Hardy versus versus Christian Cage thing. Yes, like having them fight afterwards, it kind of just dovetails two segments into each other. That's what this particular gang wars does. I mean, you have uh, Jungle Boy is fighting a member of the Hardy family. 
Um, so that's why the rest of the Hardy family gets involved after Jungle Boy wins. I understand it. Um, if this was an isolated incident, I wouldn't mind it at all because, as I said, it dovetails nicely into Cage versus Hardy, and that's mm-hmm. a furthering of that story towards a match we're going to get, which, as you said, even with all the time they shared a locker room, we only saw it, what, six times in a singles match? Yeah. That's like, it, crazy. That what, what, those two? I think those it was two, two times. Two times oh. in a singles match, which is amazing. That we would actually, and we haven't seen it, I'm sure, for like 15 years. So just the idea of it, that's really cool to be able to see them against each other. So I'm, I'm excited about that match. Yeah. So I'm willing to forgive the gang wars because of that. The problem is, is that you have too many other gang wars. It's yes. the same deal with WWE and distraction finishes, roll-ups, or pin the title, ping the champion to get the title match. If you anything you do over and over and over again is going to become a crutch. And with AEW, it's gang wars. And, and this is uh, their only let me, crutch. Let right. me let me say this before, and, and it'll kind of lead into your point. WWE does these things to lead to a repeat of the same match right. Uh, right. to AEW's credit. They are using this to further to a match that hasn't happened. And they're doing it in a week where there's, or a month where there's like three or four specials. Uh, go ahead, Robert. Sorry. Yeah. This is literally their only crutch. So you get rid of this and you have a near perfect wrestling show, or at least by 2021 standards. And for people saying it's normal social groups, WWE pretends don't exist. Again, watch the product. I've said in the past, just make up a reason why it doesn't happen. That You write the show. You don't have to pretend it doesn't happen if you say, you're fine, you're suspended if you get involved in this match, these matches, et cetera, et cetera. They write the show. They can decide what they're doing. Or you can easily say, if you come down and get involved, your guy loses by disqualification. Yes. And those losses in AEW matter. matter. So if you're penalizing your friend because you get involved and then he doesn't get the title shot he wants, well, then your friends can be pissed at you. And if you're actually friends, you will stay backstage to make sure that doesn't happen. That's something that could actually, that's a very easy way of doing it, saying if you come down, your boy's disqualified, and that matters in AEW. And they have yet to do a DQ finish at all in this company. So it would really matter. Speaking of being pissed, Kenshiro says, hate the what chance, but why is it only Paige? I expect people to chant that at MJF, but they never have. Guy doesn't deserve it. Well, they couldn't hear him tonight, but you know what? There's no better way to hear somebody than chanting loudly while they're cutting a promo. Uh, If you're doing this, guys, you're a fucking dork. Oh, my God. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. Stop doing the what chant. It's like, come on, man. Ah, it's so lame. They're only going to get worse. Every show is going to want to have be hijacked because all the fans are coming back and they're rowdy and it's only going to get worse. Tyler Joseph Smith says, what does JR bring to the table in 2021 besides his iconic voice? He doesn't enjoy what he's watching and it shows. Please move him to a backstage role. I think he should be coaching announcers at this point, but yeah. um, I, I think his, I thought his deal was up uh, maybe next year or something like that. So We'll see how that goes. Josh or John says Jr. should retire. Bring Taz a dynamite, please. No, I mean that that seems like a great idea. But Taz does have other stuff going on. Specifically tonight, he announces Ricky Starks is cleared. Wonderful, so happy. He is going to be taking on Brian Cage for the FTW title in two weeks. Again, you got to stack these shows. You got to add. We 
All due respect to Brock Anderson, we don't need Brock Anderson wrestling on these special events, not on the road, my friend. Uh, great showing, but we, we don't need that. So I like this. He goes, brothers fight. They're going to fight. They're going to fight it out. We'll see who deserves that title. This makes a bunch of sense to me, Robert. I'm all for it. This is good, good stuff. And I think Hobbs should have the title or even Hook because it's his dad's legacy. But Stark's in the ring. I'm never going to complain. What did you think about this, Alex? I, I think this is a natural match and something with stakes. I, hey, two things. I've been waiting for Cage to defend that title because that's he's wearing, he's wearing a title. He's, he's, he's FC, FTW champion. Defend, defend the belt. And two, I've been saying if you're going to keep having this uh, inter uh, faction uh, um, disagreements, then the, the, the next logical step is for Cage to defend that against one of his faction mates. And I think that um, Cage versus Starks has all the makings of something really special. Um, so, yeah, and I love the idea of that switching hands within the, ta- the Taz stable is really interesting. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue about this uh, for me. I'm, I'm, I'm very into it. Also, um, I guess I never recognized that, like, Hook is a foot and a half taller than his dad. <laughs> like in that little three shot they were backstage i i did not realize that hook was like yeah. six foot five he's a very tall gentleman we have somebody saying oh well, fans should have the right to chant whatever they want oh they do it's just if you choose to exercise your right by chanting what you're fucking moron mm-hmm. that's it that's all josh cardenas says we may not need Brock, but we need Hook soon. I have no idea where Hook is on um, on that, uh, on f- his potential debut. I'm going to try to find out, but that's being played close to the vest right now, and understandably so. Andrade backstage. So uh, let me tell you, they it seemed like maybe maybe the net worked themselves into a shoot or something with the Vicky Andrade stuff between surprises and announcements, we knew Andrade was going to challenge Matt Seidel. There's a promo where Andrade speaks English and Spanish, and they they subtitle it, and he keeps on calling Matt Seidel Matt something. He challenges him to a match in Miami. I loved how much he put over Miami, Alex. This is fine. I think his debut in AEW and against somebody like that is worthy of being on one of these shows because – even though they're, they're special shows, they're not all going to be like big time marquee pay per view matches. But Andrade, full uh, like Andrade wrestling, I think is is a, is an attraction. Oh, absolutely! It's his debut match in AEW, one hundred percent. Seidel, we know, is an amazing worker, and I love that they that they they I don't know if that they thought of this ahead of time, but they took the time to say uh, over and over again, number five in the rankings. Like Matt Seidel has won enough matches recently to be number five in the rankings and when andrade beats him it's going to mean something and might just immediately shoot him up those rankings to get him into a position where he might have a title match sooner than later because hey he beat the in his debut match he beat the number five guy in seven minutes yeah and looked great doing it so maybe we got we have a in canon reason to have him right up vault him to the top of the standing um, I do have one problem here, and it's the subtitles. I don't think his English is that bad, and I think it almost places attention on a problem that he doesn't have, but that might just be me. 
I didn't have a problem with it just because he went in and out of Spanish and English. Okay. That's the only reason I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, Xanthius says, being taller than Taz is a low bar. I'm pretty sure that Sky Low Low and Little Beaver. Like, That's a great on. reference. Cyclops says, being taller than Taz is not harder to be. Uh, Nikolai says, I might be in the minority, but I love the subtitle promos that are a mix of English and Spanish from Andrade. He's already showing more charisma than he has in NXT. And maybe it's a maybe it's a confidence thing for him. Maybe it's helping him out. Like I, I'm gonna try to find out. But um yeah, I, I'll I'll see what I can learn there. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that was it. But I know that Andrade's been working on his English for quite a while. So something that we didn't see tonight was the Cody verse, and we didn't last week either. Uh I don't think there's a coincidence here between quality and the time that that feud is given on this show robert i don't think it's that crazy I think cody think. rhodes has one of the best uh grasps of the american sports entertainment main yes. tv wrestling style however i am doing wonderfully without the cody verse and i hope that stays that way i think it's like man i want to see cody on the show just not with all them yeah uh, and maybe i will at some point Maybe there's some point where I want to see Lee Johnson and Nick Comoroto and QT Marshall and Brock Anderson and all that. But to me, it's just, it's not there yet. But I, I'm told that as we're on the air right now, 1040, Cody Rhodes on his birthday, a new father is still at Daly's Place signing autographs for the fans in attendance and has been since the close of the show. So, I mean, hey, good for him. Good for him. That's awesome. We got a super chat saying, out, fuck everyone. Well, if you want to, our friends at Blue Chew will get you there. Whether it's one-on-one or it's gang wars, if you know what I mean. Let's be real. You don't want to be the one person in gang wars who can't show up there and compete. Embarrassing. But Blue Chew is here to help you out. And Right now, you can get your first shipment free when you use the code FIGHTFUL. At checkout, you just use, you just pay $5 shipping. Sorry, I was looking at Alex's reactions. <laughs> Blue Chew is a unique online service that gives you the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but it's in a chewable. And you don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships straight to your door directly and discreetly. You talk to their online physicians, and they get you the active ingredient you need. It's ready whenever you are. And it's not just for people with a problem. You can it can help your confidence. Like I said, maybe you're going to a little elimination match, if you know what I mean. And you want to be the last one standing. Even if you're horizontal. Bluechew.com code Fightful gets you there. First shipment is free. Just pay $5 shipping. I contact Robert! bluechew.com Cyclops says Idol Penta Phoenix as Los Ingobernobles AEW please I don't know who owns the trademark for that but um, yes I think there's there's room for something like that Robert there's a lot of them they're everywhere they're in ROH they're in New Japan I think they're in CMLL still I'm sure you can find a way to bring that to AEW even if it's like elite ingobernable or whatever it is there's a way to do that in AEW. 
Zach Sweeney says, dirt cheap, bang. Bucks and Kenny's over-the-top heel stuff is wearing thin. Another great episode of WWE Dynamite. Excited to go see it in Charlotte. Well, some other people seem to think, that, they, or they seem to love what we saw out of Kenny Omega, who showed up with Triple H mutton chops. Um, we had one person saying that that uh, yeah, it was intangible, and he said, Kenny confused JR with his facial hair, made JR think he was back in WWE with the Triple H look. But... Adam M said, love the Dark Order segment. Evil Uno was great. Slow burn, baby. Oh, boy. Am I ready for some time on this one? Kenny Omega's like, listen, I beat everybody. I'm hitting the bricks. See you later. But Dark Order coming out, and they're like, listen, there's somebody who you've got to get through. There's somebody you got to beat. And Omega's like, I know you're not talking about who I think you're talking about. Because everybody knows he doesn't want any part of it. And the thing is, Alex, everybody does know that the babyface, Hangman Page, don't want no part of this shit, man. Yep. None of it. He doesn't want any, like, not even the fact that he's scared. He just doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Beyond maybe being scared. Like, that's secondary to Hangman Page just being like, I don't want to be the elite's buddy. Because quite frankly, when Hangman Page came into this company, he wasn't the EVP, but he was the first person to say, I want to be AEW champion. And all of us looked at him and said, buddy, we know what's going on. You are the Young Bucks friend. You are Kenny Omega's friend. So you're you're getting that spot. It didn't happen. And the story has been just slow burning ever since. Like like a freaking cypress tree, man. Like it's just slowly going. And we're about to get it. Hangman Page backstage was upset about this. And the Dark Order, I thought their delivery could have been better. Uh, by the way, if you want to hear uh, the Dark Order giving great delivery, Colt Cabana, interview with Fightful tomorrow. Uh, check it out. But this, it, it's finally happening, Alex. We're, we're getting movement on it. I think we still see... Kenny Omega have an opponent before then, but I think we I think we got Paige and Omega at all out. Uh, yeah, all, all out again is is a few months from now, so I don't think that's the next time Kenny two. defends the title. Two months, yeah, two months, two months, yeah. two months from now. So um, I don't think that's the next time Kenny defends the title. I think he's got to do it at some point between now and then. But maybe he doesn't. Um, a couple of things that 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 I one thing I really loved and one thing I didn't like um uh the thing i loved was uh just kenny like i know none of you guys think you're gonna challenge me number five five i could beat him in two minutes and of course that's the whole thing that's alan angels who he famously took too long to beat and the entire iwc was up in arms because kenny omega took too long to beat alan angels i thought it was a great you know what else alan angels did right yeah, he he was the guy that perfectly threw the drink on Horse. MJF from the crowd. There you he go. was the plant that threw it perfectly. It was yes. amazing. Um, so so I thought that was great. And then backstage, their acting was so bad it had to be intentional. Like the whole like, come on over here, Adam. I want to talk to you for a minute. I know maybe you're not afraid of Kenny, but maybe you're afraid of failure. You don't have to be afraid. You got to be confident because we all believe in you. And maybe all has to happen is that 
Maybe you need to believe in you. It was like a, a, a the end of an episode of Full House. Cyclops, like it was says like, it was, Cyclops says it was like a good after school special. There you go. Alex, I would love to see them be like, man, that happened exactly like we thought it would happen. <laughs> like that. That's what I would like to see. Uh, Robert, we've got a super chat from Sawyer saying, Dark Order killing all subtext by saying, we know you're scared, Adam, was a little weak, but I love the promo segment. Well, if they do, why, why, why are they waiting for All Out? They are they aren't waiting for all out. They're trying to push him into it now. Right. What did you think about this segment? We also have intangible one Cliff Beard saying, I want Omega to start taking out Dark Order members because they keep pressing the issue. But that's what makes Hangman go for the title. I love that idea. That needs to happen. I know they planted the seeds that the super elite and the Hardy family have common ground. Maybe they can work that in there. I like it. I do think this felt too after school special, but that's what they've become since the passing of Brody, they become the lovable losers from the after school special. So it works. And they also happen to be led by an eight year old. So again, it works, but hangman, this is a good start. I like Omega basically saying, I'm not even going to say his name. I'm not going to give him the time of day because I started the downward spiral basically. And he's not ready for me. And I like this out of Jordan Hanley. I think it would be interesting to see Adam intentionally fall down the rankings to avoid facing Kenny allows others to get some wins and extend the feud. Like that's that. I think that would be a good one. Like hangman does this half hearted kick out or something like that. And somebody pins him and somebody beats him. I, I think there's, that's how somebody can lose. And it makes sense. Like it's a lot better than Mandy Rose and Dana going, that's not worth it. We're leaving. Like, there's a story behind this. That's what I want. I do want to say, I know we've talked a lot about comparing it to WWE tonight, but if this was WWE, they would have put five in the ring and he would have just celebrated being able to last two minutes and acted like that was a victory. They booked it in reverse, though. He's already got his mask. So that's true. That happens weeks later, uh, otherwise. Otherwise. Rob Reed says, man, the waterworks are going to flow when negative one convinces Hangman to face Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some deep shit there. There's some really deep, heartfelt stuff. Uh, I can't wait to see it. This has been a fantastic slow burn, and I love it. And you couldn't have, you couldn't have predicted it being like this. Piranha Heat says Reynolds staring daggers at Omega right after he walked right between he and Silver was great. Would love to see those two take the tag belts off the Bucks. I could see something like that. I could see Dark Order like sort of leading that charge. And I could see a member of the Dark Order, John Silver, winning the TNT title. And like that's the big celebration. Like I think that would be like the big one. They got Brody's belt back type of thing. Oh, man, there's so much good stuff. Speaking of the TNT title, Brian Pillman Jr. got beat by Miro. He cut a great babyface promo backstage. Uh, I got an interview with he and uh, Griff Garrison up on Fightful now, youtube.com slash Fightful. They talk about pitching the Varsity Blondes and how some people didn't want it in AEW. They pitched Julia, uh, Julia Hart as well. Him putting his Letterman's jacket on Julia Hart and putting his glasses on her is such a baby face. Vars- like that is, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, that's a no brainer. Like, yeah. come on, that is so good. And this match was like 95% Pillman 
and then he got killed with the finish. There was a very happy accident with a drop kick that looked um, like a million bucks. He popped right back up. Robert, I thought this was was a great, uh, a, a great showing for Brian Pillman, who has two good title matches this summer. He wasn't even training four years ago. He had just Pillman, started. Pillman continues to be the focal point because of the legacy, and I think he's living up to every minute of it. I do think Griff Garrison will be a star when it's his time. But Pillman was great babyface fodder here for Miro, who is all hopped up on the power of Jesus Christ and his flexible wife. And he bent uh, another blonde in half to keep the title. <laughs> was that too far? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. No. I, uh, listen, look, there is some <laughs> remarkable irony in the fact that I blew my wad too early with the blue chew segue. There's just just puns all over the place here. Come on. Uh, it was too easy. It was there. I went for it. What are you going to do? Miro I'm embarrassed kicks ass. you one-upped me. On, oh. Miro kicks so much ass. And Alex, I came on this show with you a year ago, and I said, I hate this guy. What is he doing? And I love this so much. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Um, I, he called himself on Twitter. I think it was last night. He called himself Miro the Redeemer, which is just oh, badass to the extreme. Like that, that's the, so good. That's the straight to DVD movie. You plop in and you're like, this is way more violent than I had expected. Like, like two years ago, Liam Neeson was just throat chopping people in Europe. Now he's ripping the throat out. What's going but on? I just love the idea of like him, like, like and, and when he won, like dropping to his knees with with the belt draped across his arms and almost weeping in the face of God, like it's the most, I don't, it's it's such a really different take on 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 be on a heel in that way. It's just I, I I absolutely love everything about it. And Pillman was great. He he played his role perfectly. He's here. He is digging all the hope spots. Get everybody into it. And then be sacrificed before the Lord by Miro the Redeemer. And you know what? It's not even, I think, a character. When he got released from WWE, he went on Twitch and said, I'm good. I have God. You know, my life is great. And now he's just turning it up to 11, and it's just the best thing he's done. Man Antonio says, Love how every TNT champ so far has made the title important and the match is special. No promotion has had a run like Dynamite during COVID. We'll talk more about that later, but I agree with the TNT title. Um, it has, you know, I don't have to agree with the way that they do the open challenge method of it, but you know, it's it's their their company, their program. They can switch it up as they see fit. They can make it more rankings based or whatever they want. Uh, Intangible one says, "Give me Jungle Boy to beat Miro for the TNT title at All Out and a full crowd sing his song." I think that would be. That would be solid. He's lost an awful lot of title matches. He can't be just the future, future, future forever. He's got to win one eventually. He's He's got to. Kevin Seat says, Pillman's promo work has grown leaps and bounds since his Heart Foundation MLW days. Let me tell you, I mean, I know that he and MLW are on the outs, but uh, MLW can coach people up, man. And when you get in, a, in a, on MLW, you're on their radar. Rivet sends $5 for that line from Robert. Cyclops says Rob is on another level with that line. Keep sending super chats, guys. We are heading down the home stretch. 
Reminder, FightfulSelect.com. It's the end of the month, so make sure you re-up those subscriptions at the beginning of the month. Exclusive news every single day on FightfulSelect.com. Alex reviews Raw and SmackDown over there. I've got a backstage news report podcast. I know a lot of you got used to the Monday Night Live show I was doing with Kenny McIntosh where I would talk about exclusive news and answer questions. Well, I've got an exclusive news show and a Q&A show over on Fightful Select, so please subscribe. Oh, man. Well, it ain't all good. (laughs) It ain't all good. By the way, somebody who was there sent me a message. They said, what did JR say? And instinctively, as I'm doing the show, I just wrote, uh, he, he said this. And the person says, what, he called it AEW Dynamite? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 WWE Dynamite. And I was like, see, even I couldn't mess it up. <laughs> Subconsciously, I didn't mess it up. So, yeah, but um, let me tell you what was also bad. About 95% of Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose against Britt Baker and Rebel Not Reba. Um, so Rebel Not Reba is a great addition to this act. Vicky Guerrero is not so much. Um, we thought there was going to be a switch. There was no switch. And from the jump, this was bad. Yeah. Um, fortunately, it ended very good. But let's get into it. First off, Britt Baker absolutely wrecks Vicky Guerrero with a forearm. I'm talking full-on Nikki Bella forearm. And if you think that's disrespectful, my friend, it ain't. And then Vicky Guerrero pops up, smiles. What the the fuck? That was like, she's been around the wrestling business for decades. For decades. And that was bad. The finish. She's putting the lockjaw. And, you know, she ain't a wrestler. Her bumping was not good. And then she practically no-sells the lockjaw, which... It was so, so bad. This was one of those things, Robert. I can't believe they went through with it. This was offensive. Yeah, this better be the last time she wrestles. We're a long way away from, oh, she's in the ring in a handicap match with Ziggler and Cena. No, this this was bad. She immediately no-sold it like a video game character and just got up like, I'm so mad that I lost. And what happened? You're... You're not a wrestler. Just sell the move and you're good. This should have been easy and she made it unnecessarily complicated and I hated it. It was bad. And unfortunately, bad got even worse during this match because Rebel, not Reba, got hurt. And that sucks because, man, she is unanimously loved backstage in AEW. Uh, nothing but pleasant in my limited experience in interacting with her. And not only that, she is a an integral character. Now, it, it's Rebel and it's Britt Baker. So let me tell you, if they get the opportunity, they are going to make... Uh, it, it's going to be like feeding the community with the chicken salad. They'll turn out of this chicken shit. Because now you're going to have... Reba probably rolling around in a wheelchair, probably the same one Britt Baker had. Uh, they will make this good if given the opportunity. First and foremost, hope Rebel's okay. 
that was scary. She got help to the back. That sucked. But this match also sucked, Alex. Um, Britt Baker deserved better than this. This is not 2019. This is not 2020. Serena Deeb is chilling there. Thunder Rosa is chilling there. Chris Statlander is chilling there. That's just three. What are we doing here? I, I like Nyla Rose too. Nyla Rose is fine here. But what are we doing here, Alex? Um, I think Nyla Rose is fine here as well. I just think that the way that they're putting this feud together sucks. Especially off the big title change. Yeah. And making Brit your champion. Finally, everybody's so into it. We love Brit. Yay, Brit. You know, like, this is awesome. We can't wait to see what she does as champion. And what she does as, as champion is feud with Vicky Guerrero and Vicky Guerrero's proxy, Nyla Rose. And I, I don't know what you're what you're doing here because also, are we turning Brit baby face? Like, they're cheering for Brit because everybody loves Brit. But the, the, the post-match beatdown by Nyla was obviously done to put heat on Nyla. But Britt has been a horrible, like a terrible, dastardly heel her entire career. And at least recently, I mean, she didn't start out that way, but her, most of her career in, in AEW. So to have her be beaten down like that, put through a table, uh, and the, and the you know the, the, the crowd to boo horrible Nyla, it's a it's a weird thing to do just now. I thought they were eventually going to do a turn and just like run with everybody loves Britt, but not right off the bat. Not as soon as she became champion. Find somebody for her to beat that that we that we are rooting for, and that you know Brick can get heat on. But I think it's got to be very Cameron Grimes ish. Like, I love how terribly I can treat you guys, type of thing. And people are just like, "Aw," but the power bomb through the table at the end of this. If if you would have erased literally everything that happened before that, I would be like, "Man, this segment ruled," mm-hmm. because Britt Baker is a bumping machine. Uh, Nyla Rose threw a hell of a powerbomb, took care of Britt on the powerbomb too, it looked like, and the table just cracked right in half, Robert. I thought that looked great. It did look great. Their match on the 21st will be great, but we need to move on from there. I think as long as uh, Rebel's okay, it could be a blessing in disguise because this can really help Britt be a baby face because she won't have the help, and now she'll be kind of sympathetic towards Rebels, so it'll work itself out. But this segment was terrible, and I never want to see Vicky wrestle again. That's the takeaway for me. Never. Uh, Luis Hernandez says, It was great Cody put over unsigned talent like Fuego on BTE Dark, a.k.a. Sammy's Vlog. Uh, Raul says, Oh, well, never mind. I'll save that for the end. Nerd Guru says, Love the show. Only bad things were the women's tag and gang wars and JR with the dynamite call. I, I thought a couple of the gang wars weren't bad. I thought... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. 
If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc only only really one of them was tonight um i thought the other two did make sense and and push forward a lot of stuff but listen i'm gonna keep pointing it out because it's a crutch and i don't want them to lean on that i don't want them to become what i've reviewed on another show uh, for, for so long. Oh boy, this freaking main event. I think we're at the main event. Uh, well, we got a promo from Jake Hager and Proud and Powerful talking about their match next week. Y- you know the drill here. Road Rager, though, does look like a pay-per-view, so kudos yeah. to them for that. Also, great graphics. I love it. I love like the beach type of stuff. We, we, do, our, we do some of our shirts like that, too. Love that, the, the color scheme. MJF and Sammy Guevara. So as Josh Nason pointed out, MJF's first singles match since December, Sammy's first since January. And this felt special. This felt like a pay-per-view match. Holy crap, this was insane. Um, Sammy did an RVD dive to the outside. MJF did a Liger bomb. And then there was a spot, and I, I can't wait to get both of your takes on this. I'll give mine first because I'm the host. MJF did a second rope tombstone. Now, I was like, let it be the finish. Let it be the finish. Please. However, when I saw how much the knee played into things, I was like, that's their out. That's their excuse. The knee played into everything after this. Every single thing that happened in this match. But Alex, how do you feel about the, the tombstone not being the finish? I'm I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I'm a little old school. If if you do a tombstone on a dude from the second rope, that's the finish. If it's not the finish, you don't get to do the move. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I I I love the knee playing into the rest of the match. You can find another way for MGF to hurt his knee. That's not 
doing a tombstone to a dude off the yeah. second rope. Like that's such an amazing like that. How does that not kill a guy? Art Bar <laughs> killed people with it in AAA. Like that was the thing. Like they outlawed it, and then he did it. Yeah. Uh, now, real Mike Shea says, "For the love of God, stop kicking out of finishers. It ruins great matches." I don't think kicking out of the six thirty ruined anything. To me, I didn't mind it as much because it was a pay per view quality main event, and these two have had a feud for like what nine months. Yeah. So I could see Robert that they're doing every single thing they can. Six thirty, I'm getting that shoulder up. Tombstone, I'm getting that shoulder up. And they use the excuse that MJF's knee was hurt. Um <sighs> whew, this was wild. This was an awesome match. The only complaint I have is roll out of the ring. Do something yeah. to not pin the guy on a second rope tombstone because it looks really good and Max should be beating people with it. And they sold me a ticket on it, though. They sold me a ticket on the 630. I said, oh, Sammy won the match. That's kind of cool. And then he kicked out. I thought it was great. Chair shots to the head are back, apparently. I I mean, that was... There's a difference between chair shot and protected chair shot. Getting your arm up, getting turning into it, turning away from it. Like, they're... Like, cause when they go towards the head, people have a habit of saying unprotected. That's not always the case. What Cody and Sean Spears did was unprotected. What Wardlow did last week was not like he rolled with it. That was a lot different. You would have the rock throwing up his hands. Those were protected a little bit different, but I, I do get what you mean. They're, they're, they're back somehow. I, I like, so like this was a little on the protected side and I like that they're back. It's a great visual, especially knowing what we know now. It feels like, my God, can you really still do that? Yes. Uh, Pinnacle gets another win. Wardlow throws Jericho off of, of the uh, balcony. Thought it was good. I liked this match a lot. Great finish. Great finish to a 14th month run in Jacksonville. And this is everything that MJF is put in the position for. So, I mean, but like we said, you could also, when you go back to that, that tombstone, it's like that, that could have been a spot that finished things and the chair finished it. I, I think that considering where they're going with MJF and Jericho, MJF's got to go over, but Sammy does have to be protected in some sense because he is very clearly a major babyface. So, while I am all for clean finishes, win them in the ring, lose them in the ring, I think you had to do what, you, what they did tonight. And these two guys knocked it out of the freaking park. Holy crap. This ruled. This was fantastic. The, uh, go my, ahead. My my favorite thing was, was the, uh, the ridiculous Sammy jumping out of the ring, over the ropes, over the barricade, to hit to get MJF uh, in the in the, the RVD crowd. spot, yeah, that thing was that was insane. And uh, but the other thing I loved about it is that MJF begging off the six thirty, still kicked out of it, and uh-huh. like the, and and I love that they gave him his due at the end. You got to say that guy's that's a tough son of a gun. Yes, and MJF may be a chicken shit heel, but he's a tough son of a bitch, and you got to kill him to take him out. I think that's really important for his development there's some unique heel heat that goes into knowing you are exactly as good as you say you are to the level leo rush got heat in wwe for that exactly as good as he was and being willing to tell everybody hey guys i'm real good at this 
it works. Samuel Guloy says, can't wait for Jungle Boy, Darby, Sammy, and MJF having epic feuds to the title in the next five years. Next 10, next 15 years, my friend. Lots of it. Um, Boy, I wasn't ready for the main event, the technical main event segment of this. A beautiful video package highlighting their time at Daly's place. And I mean, they, they left really no stone unturned here. Like you would see Matt Cardona in there. You saw Brody Lee. You saw Matt Hardy. There was a lot of Brody in this as well. And that made it very emotional. And they really tied it in. The production of this was fantastic. How it went from the beginning and how it wrapped up with a full crowd at Double or Nothing. And I was a part of that crowd. And let me tell you, it was not conveyed on TV how hot it was and how the, the feeling in that building. It was unreal. Robert, I thought this was magic. This was amazing. Yeah, I thought this was the most emotional part of the night. I told uh, my buddy who I was watching with, I was like, I wasn't ready for this. This was emotional. I I forgot. A, you know, you forget Brody had his whole run in front of next yep. to nobody. Uh, Matt Hardy in front of next to nobody, Matt Cardona, all these things. You, you started with Cody in an empty ring. The Elite was still together last time Dynamite was in front of people. They have had more shows in front of a COVID crowd than they have in front of a real crowd. I was This was really, really emotional and a great send-off to what is their home base. And I'm sure they'll be back really soon, but this was an emotional send-off. Alex, how'd you feel? Um, yeah, it was, um, it was tough. Like the Brody, the, all the Brody Lee stuff. Like I, I didn't realize how many iconic moments he had and he's been gone for six months. Like it just, that all that, the, the, the Brody stuff really, like it was, it was hard to pay attention to the rest of it. Cause I was yes. tearing up through all the Brody stuff. Um, but it, it was, it, it was totally unexpected. Like this, this little thing, like goodbye to Jacksonville, and 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 the, these months of being sequestered at Daly's place, um, I didn't expect this this little video package, and so it kind of hit me in the feels immediately. Like you don't re- like that. I for, I forgot about that moment of Cody Rhodes coming out there in an empty arena, yes. in an empty ring to start the whole thing off. I had forgotten. I think that was probably for me. Like that was Cody Rhodes at his peak in AEW. Yeah. Like that was him being. Everything he needed to be in that moment, and I had forgotten entirely about it because it's been a long time, but like everything came flooding back. Those first few weeks uh with AEW doing their stuff in Daly's place, man, it was it was a hell of a hell of a trip. Hannah M says that the Brody close-ups made her tear up. Yeah, I, I my wife watches Dynamite with me and she she got emotional during this, and he was such a beloved person and Kudos to the the aid with the WWE team. <laughs> Speaking of, Valer Lasagna says Jr. saying WWE after that video package was like getting sparklers after Eddie took the hit for John Moxley. Still love AEW though. Great show. How appropriate that would have been. <laughs> Sam Stahl says still can't believe we're going to see new crowds next week. Been a long fifteen months. Is WWE Dynamite about to bend more blondes and get even better? Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Uh, Raul Ortega says, Watching that video package and seeing Brody made me emotional. AEW did a lot in Daily's Place. Ready for Road Rager. Hoping to be it all out. I'll be it all out. 
I'll be in town for Slammiversary. I'll be at SummerSlam. We're back on the road, my friends, and I want to thank all of you guys who have supported us during the pandemic. Uh, Fightful has seen its biggest growth during the pandemic and throughout all this, and I thank you so much because it's allowed... I think Robert came on full time during that period. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex got his own show during that period, and that has expanded well beyond that. Fightful Select has grown. Fightful is self sufficient now, which I didn't think that was ever going to happen. Let's be real. Not, not with the way I hire people, but I want to thank you guys so much for that. This does really feel like the end of an era. We still have a couple of WWE weeks, but man. I mean, we started a Twitch, as Joel Pearl pointed out. We started a Clips channel. We've got, like, all these new shows and all this stuff. Uh, there's there's so much there. Um, and, and we hope that you guys will continue to support it and you keep enjoying it. New Punk Rants sort of wraps us up and says, AEW was amazing. That main event was so good. The video package at the end had me in tears. AEW helped me down during COVID. So many great moments. Well, I would expect July to have a lot of really great moments. Um, I think July, God, I think it's going to be insane. And we hope that you guys are here with us. Uh, We got an interview with Cole Cabana dropping Thursday. And on Independence Day, I got an interview with the Patriot Del Wilkes dropping. And the best part about it is you don't have to listen to any of the psycho bullshit he puts on his Twitter or Facebook. Because we just talk about wrestling, not politics and conspiracy theories. So check that out. He talks about Bret Hart. He talks about Japan. It's a legitimately really great interview. And I'm dropping it on Independence Day. Zach Sweeney says, Robert needs his own shirt. <laughs> Hashtag PTV. Ben, that plot. Uh, oh, no. That is, that is great. I was going to say before that. Uh, Tom Brandy might want to watch out for the Patriot, but that is a great interview coming oh, on boy. Independence Day. <laughs> Straight up, I'll tell you guys to get you guys to like Tom Brandy used to be Salvatore Sincere. Some of you guys are smartened up to this. Used to be Salvatore Sincere in like 96, 97 WWF. The Patriot Tom Brandy legitimately never wrestled after WWF. He was too banged up. So Tom Brandy just assumed that gimmick and told everybody that he bought it. He did not buy it at all. And Del Wilkes flat out said, yeah, I'd like to punch that Tom Brandy right in the face. And I'm like, okay, all right then. Okay. And we talked about the Patriot uh, theme, which became Kurt Angle's theme. A lot of good stuff. Alex, what do you got going on? Uh, You can listen to me uh, every Tuesday. Calling, uh, doing the post show for NXT. We got uh, we got the Great American Bash next Tuesday. So get ready, get ready to bash America. Uh, it'll be great. Uh, then immediately following the Tuesday post NXT show, I do my my Raw review for Sour Graps on Fightful Select. And then uh, a couple of days from now on on Saturday, I'm going to do my SmackDown review for uh, for um, uh, for Fightful Select uh, for Sour Graps. Uh, looking like we're gonna get some some very intriguing Roman Reigns and Edge stuff headed into Money in the Bank, and uh, that's always good. And the rest of SmackDown is usually bad. <laughs> Robert, uh, I know you you just filmed an interview that will probably be up closer to a month from now than it is now, but I listened to it. It was very good. Uh, people will learn more about that as it happens. But what do you got going on? Me, you, and Jeremy are like kind of taking the weekend. 
Yeah, we're taking the weekend, but before that, I'll be here with you on Friday. And then you can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. Check out everything I've got going on elsewhere. And check out Fightful Mag to see me review the first summer. Guys, legitimately, thank you all so much. Uh, Again, FightfulMag.com, FightfulSelect.com. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Sometimes I get a little sassy, but I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we have, I know, a lot of different avenues in which we we ask for your attention. And the fact that you all give us any of that attention means a whole lot, especially in what has been a very scary, unsure, uh, uncertain time and unstable time for a lot of people. So thank you all so much. Hopefully next week signifies a, a bit more normal. Thank you all. We're out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.